Hello, everybody, and um, I'm very happy to be here in Brooklyn. That's Brooklyn over there. I mean, that's the trees in Brooklyn, at least. So I'm doing it uh, today, Sunday. Here it's one o'clock. I kind of almost forgot because, you know, when you get into this drill of every Sunday at 10 o'clock in L.A., Sometimes when you travel and you're in a completely different frame of mind, you know how it is. The, the routine kind of changes a little bit. So I'm happy I was reminded that today we're actually uh, meeting. So thanks a lot for not forgetting. And uh, just before I forget, a big announcement because next week, because I'm going to be at Omega, uh, we're going to do the class at 9 o'clock in the morning, which is, uh, um, what is it, 1 one o'clock in New York, which is going to be 12 o'clock at, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still that Mercury is stationary today. It's the last of Mercury stationary. So anyway, it's going to be nine o'clock in LA, one o'clock in New York uh, and continue onward, you know, nine o'clock in um, um, Europe, I guess. So sorry, sorry, sorry. What am I talking about? To nine o'clock, it's going to be in LA. Therefore, 12 o'clock, it's going to be in New York, it's going to be right after my um, class in Omega. And I think we're going to do a shared uh, thing with all the people that come uh, to the workshop. Or I'll try to find a corner and do it. Uh, because from there I have to go back, return the car and go to um, and fly to LA. So anyway, we'll meet next week, definitely, but an hour earlier. That's what I'm trying to say. And if you're getting the recording, it doesn't really matter. Uh, so it, yes, it's going to be 5 p.m. in UK. No. It's going to be 12 plus 8. It's going to be 8 p. Ah, no, no, 5 p.m. You're right, because it's New York. Yeah, don't ask me about time right now. Uh, we are in the last few hours of Mercury retrograde, and it is uh, in Virgo, which is the time, everything has to do with time. The watchmakers, remember we did that a few weeks ago, the workshop. So, yeah, Mercury is stationary today. It was stationary yesterday. I was really... Happy that my luggage made it uh, to New York and it wasn't uh, stationary in uh, uh, L.A. So we have a few more hours of this uh, Mercury retrograde that started about three weeks ago. And then we're moving on uh, to Mercury going direct. But remember, we talked about until the middle of October, we do still have the shadow of Mercury retrograde. So it's not completely out of the... Uh, woods, but kind of uh, out of the woods. At least we're in some kind of clearing in the woods. And that's one of the reasons why uh, I wanted to announce that, yes, the book on 2023 is ready. I didn't want to officially uh, send it out there because we're still in Mercury stationary slash Mercury retrograde. But uh, from tomorrow, it should be out there. And I would really appreciate if you guys get it. It's going to be on Amazon. You basically just uh, Google Gal, you know, Gal Sasson 2023. But I'm going to send you the link and everything. If you can write a review, that would be amazing because then other people can uh, share it. So what do we have this week? Um, of course, we have Mercury Retrograde. And I wanted to um, use a few things that I read in the news just to kind of like uh, connect uh, to what we're talking about here in uh, a lot of time when we talked about the Mercury retrograde and so forth. So, first of all, before I forget, on Tuesday, October 4, at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. in uh, New York, 6 p.m. in 
UK 7 p.m. in Central Europe 8 in Turkey, Israel, etc., etc. You can carry it from there. We are going to do the uh, live Instagram book launch. So I'm going to talk about 2023. If you guys are a little bit interested in what's happening next year to kind of prepare, if you're trying to get married next year or if you're trying to open a business next year, I'm going to give the main uh, dates. So if you can join me on Tuesday, October 4th, uh, that's we're going to do like a digital book signing event. If you are in New York or traveling to New York, I'm going to do the same thing on the 6th of October at 7 p.m., right downstairs at the coffee shop uh, downstairs in Lion Gates. If you ever uh, make it to uh, New York or to Brooklyn, it will be great to see you live. going to do another talk about 2023 uh, book signing. Uh, there is a little bit of wine and so forth. So I hope you guys can make it in person to see you. But all of us, we could meet on Tuesday, October 4th, like I said, 1 p.m. in New York time. I'm just reminding myself. Uh, so that we can all do it and you can see the cover of uh, the book next week 9 a.m pacific standard time 12 new york that, that i put a slide to remember so mercury retrograde a lot of things happen in the context of mercury retrograde so it's going to be interesting to look what is going to happen was happening in your life but anyway it's interesting to see that just the days after putin claimed that uh, russia rules in um, four districts in uh, Ukraine, the Ukraine gained full control of Liman, which is a very important city around there. So again, the Mercury retrograde happens to the brightest and the most genius people, even to Putin. So Mercury retrograde, yes, things that we thought were going to go one way end up going another way. You know, that's part of the Mercury retrograde. And the way that we always talked here about astrology is that sometimes we can learn about what what is astrology is by looking at real life, looking at what's happening to us in our personal life. That's why I think that astrology, unlike, you know, being a pop star, that if you don't make it by the age of 19, you're kind of like erased. The older you are and the more... Uh, more you participate in certain stages of development that we have in uh, astrology. For example, uh, for me, it was theoretical Saturn return until I went to the Saturn return and passed it. Or I didn't really know what it means, Chiron return, until I had, when I was 50 years old, a Chiron return. Okay, that's what they mean. So the same thing in our life, you know, you want to know what Mercury retrograde is. Yeah, you can read about it in the book to get kind of prepared, but then you just have to look at your life and see how not only Mercury is retrograde, but how is it retrograde in the, your own context. Um, also, the PM of um, UK, uh, Liz Trust, admitted mistakes and on controversial tax cut plan. I mean, come on, you can't release a big thing like a cut um, in taxes that wasn't done for de decades and do it in Mercury retrograde without explaining what you're doing. Especially because when she did it, Mercury was retrograde in Libra, diplomacy, obviously, and Virgo. Virgo is accounting. Virgo is all about um, the taxes. For example, when you do your taxes, you go to a nice Virgo to help you uh, do the taxes because accounting is related to taxes. So you can't do these kind of things without ramifications, which obviously, like I wanted to show you with Putin, with, um, uh, with Liz Trust, is that it affects every everybody, including countries, including entities, and including people who are supposed to channel their, let's say, 
position, a role in life, and not only who they are as egos themselves, right? They represent something more than that. Um, the anti-government protests are continuing in Iran, and I really do hope they continue uh, on, on and on. Um, we talked about uh, what happened there last time and the interpretation of the name, but uh, Golsan, 28 years, a, woman, a, a woman's rights activist from um, uh, Isfahan in Iran. It's interesting, that's what she talked about uh, a week ago, and I said 28 because I wanted to show that she's going through her Saturn return, so there's a lot of pressure for her to define herself as well as define what she represents, which are women in Iran. And it's really interesting what she said because it kind of struck me. We want to, we want to be heard, she says. We don't have one leader. The beauty of and strength of our movement is that every single one of us here is a leader. And I thought, this is a great quote for the age of Aquarius. She just gave us the best description of what it means to grow in the age of Aquarius, to live in the age of Aquarius, to be a leader in the age of Aquarius. This is precisely what it is. It's good, it's bad, like everything. We talked about it here a lot. Why is it bad? Because uh, what they've noticed actually in research, I read this research recently, that uh, they started looking from 2000 approximately, a lot of the revolutions and movement failed compared to before when there were movements and anti-government protests. It doesn't matter what place it was. Eventually, the government had to secede. It had to uh, communicate with the people that are protesting and to come to come some kind of resolution, if not to be off with their heads, you know. But what happened since the beginning of the 2000s is that they've noticed, historically speaking, that less and less and less and less of these movements are working. March for Our Life, um, Arab Spring, you know, whatever you look into these revolutions or these protests, they don't stick. They don't work very well. They make a lot of noise and they don't work. And the, one of the reasons they said is because the movements don't have an actual leader. In the past, there was Trotsky, or there was Lenin, or there was whoever was the leader, you know, and we can kill him, okay, or we can sit with him and negotiate, and that person represents all of us. But that's before the age of Aquarius became so dominant. And now that we are in the age of Aquarius, like she says, the beauty and strength of our movement, our movement is basically, you can change this letter by, by this sentence by saying the beauty and strength of the age of Aquarius is that every single one of us here is a leader. That's amazing. That's super Aquarius. That's the power of the individual, in a sense, and the power of the group of the individual. The only problem is that we don't have a single leader. It means that it's very difficult, even if the governments want to make change, to approach somebody and says, OK, let's sit down and talk, because the real leader of this revolution is dead. And that's how she started the revolution. We can't really talk with her. We can talk with the women in Iran, but that's going to be very, very difficult especially for men in power in Iran, because it's very amor amorphic. And also, there is this feeling that, uh, A, it's very hard to stop this protest because it's made of so many people, but it's also very hard to come to some kind of resolution unless the government topples down and falls. But remember what happened in Iran when it happened in 1979, when the Shah was driven out, uh, the, the revolution was kidnapped, kidnapped by religious uh, fanatics. So again... This is a beautiful description of what the Age of Aquarius is all about. We don't have one leader. The beauty and strength of our age is that every single one of us here is a leader.
The other thing is, uh, another thing I discovered lately is we are still under Uranus in Taurus. Remember, we talked about Uranus in Taurus. Uranus is the planet of revolution, the awakener. It moved in 2018 into Taurus until 2026 when it's going to move into Gemini. And that's when we're going to have to deal with artificial intelligence and that issues. But right now, we do have to deal with planet Earth. Whether we like it or not, Taurus is connected to Mother Nature. We celebrate uh, Earth Day during Taurus uh, month. And Uranus is revolution, the ruler of Aquarius. It is the energy of technology and innovation, but it's also the awakener. And what's happening now, we're seeing it even last week with the floods and the last month with the floods in uh, Pakistan, the floods that were caused by hurricanes. I think there was already 67 people died in Florida. In, uh, uh, obviously in Pakistan, thousands of people died because of that. Um, the earth is awakening. If we're not going to awaken to the situation of the earth, the earth is going to wake us whether we like it or not, and there's going to be more floods and more of these kind of catastrophes. But what happened recently is that they, what they've noticed is that we talked about it here in the context of uh, the pandemic, and I even mentioned it in the book of 2020 about how Uranus in Taurus is related to zoonotics. Uh, the diseases that actually jump, viruses that jump from animals to humans. So this is just from a few days ago from uh, NPR. The researchers say that the type of viruses known as zoonotics diseases or ones that spread between humans and animals will become increasingly commonplace as factors such as destruction of animal habitat and human expansion into previously uninhabited area intensify. Basically, when infringing on their territories, we drive them out, but what we forget to drive out is also the viruses that jump into us because the viruses are like, okay, before that we were in animals. Now the animals are gone. I guess you're the closest thing to animals, so uh, let's jump into you. And it's since 1990, about 1 billion acres of forest have been cleared. And it's kind of interesting talking about it right now because today, uh, I guess in Brazil, they are deciding who's going to be leader, who's going to be the leader there. You know, both of these uh, guys out there, like a lot of other politicians right now, are, you know, not the best ones, one for the far left, one for the far east. And Brazil is kind of stuck between them. But at least we know that uh, Lula, that most likely will gain uh, the upper hand if the other guy is going to, Bolsonaro is going to uh, allow him to, to, you know, take over. Um, and he's not going to pull a Trump on him. He's at least cutting less of the Amazon. So at least for humanity, it will be better if uh, the person who does not destroy more forest, hence a zoonotic uh, increaser, will be chosen in uh, Brazil. But it's also very important in Congo, in other places where we have the green lungs. Also, uh, Siberian forests are in danger. And again, those are places that we have to be extra careful if we don't want to get uh, every year some kind of a new vaccine against something new. Another thing I read, which is not that big of a deal of a news, but I thought it was kind of interesting because it illustrates a few patterns that for all of us could be interesting. Uh, some of you watched uh, The Daily Show uh, back when it was uh, with uh, Stuart and then replaced him seven years ago was Trevor Noam. He was 31 at that time. Uh, this is his chart. He's basically in Aquarius, so it's kind of interesting because he deals with a very Aquarian show, if you've seen The Daily News. Uh, the Daily Show, sorry, The Daily Show. Um, but what's interesting is that he said, I stayed in this show for seven years. It's time for me to move. And that's really important because a lot of time people tell me, you know, I'm um, wanting to look into a relationship change or I mean, I want a divorce or I'm sick and tired of a partner in work that I had. 
And usually I ask them, how long have you guys been together? And what I've noticed a lot that's happening is that either they say six years or seven years. Six years, it means that they're entering the seventh year, which we call the seven year each. And seventh, it's just a past the seven year. So when you are going through your life, pay attention to that number seven, because seven is a square of 28, right? 28 divided to seven is, to four is seven. The cycle of Saturn, remember we talked about it, it's around 28 to 30 years, peaking around 29, 29 and a half. You divide it into four, you get around seven, 7.2, 7.3, whatever. That is a seven-year itch. Instead of saying 7.25 or whatever, we call it seven-year itch. And what it basically means is that it is the cycle of Saturn divided into four. Remember, we talked about square in astrology connects to, to some kind of strife or some challenge that's happening. You had your car for seven years. You suddenly get this itch of you're starting to look for a new car. Oh, they're giving grants now or giving some... Uh, um, Benefits from the government if you buy a new car, maybe I should get a new car. Or you lived in a city for seven years, you might get an itch. You're in a relationship after seven years, after 14 years, after 21 years, after 28 years, you're getting an itch. And it's also beautiful how it's depicted in the Bible because this is such a, um, uh, such an intuitive idea that people probably saw it happening again and again and again. It's not like, oh, seven is a very holy number, therefore we have to every seven years re-examine something. No, seven is a very important number that repeats all the time because every seven years we do check to, th to see what's going on. That's why around the age of six and seven, we start our formal education. Around the age of 13, 14, we're going through our, will, uh, through our uh, rite of passage, whether it's the bar mitzvah or the circumcision of the foreskin for Muslims that do it around the age of 13. The walkabout in Australia around the age of 13, 14. Then at the age of 21, you're either supposed to finish college or university and start your life or you're determining who you are. 28, you're getting into your Saturn return. Again, 35. So every seven years, there is something there. And like I mentioned in the Bible, they've noticed that there is something there. And the most famous uh, story, of course, is the story of Jacob. Remember, he lied to his father and stole the inheritance of uh, Esav, his older brother. And um, his mother, who actually came up with a plan to uh, do that, tell him, go to my uncle. Uh, you should go there. He's going to treat you well. Uh, he's kind of like us. Like us means that he's probably also a liar. But anyway, he goes up to visit Lavan and he falls in love by the well. You know, the well is the, the old days. Uh, people, you know, nowadays we go to Tinder, we go to the bar, right? In the old days, they went to the well. That's where the women were. Uh, and you can basically see and cruise who's up and who's there. And the interesting thing about the encounter of Jacob and Rachel is that Jacob, before he even asks her what his name is, her name is, he kisses her. You know, so anybody who tells you that in the Bible there is no sex or affection before, before wedding, it's nonsense. It's all over the Bible. But anyway, what happened is that um, he kisses her, then he asks her name, and then she turned out to be his niece. Anyway, niece is it? Yeah. What happens after that is that, is it her niece? No, it's cousin. Cousin. And anyway, what's happening after that is that he comes to Levan, his uh, uncle, and he tells him, listen, I fell in love with your daughter. I want to get married. Levan says, no problem. You have to work around seven years for her. And then, no problem, there could be a wedding. He works for seven years. Then in the wedding, he didn't even notice that he got married to his sister, her sister, Leah. 
And after they already had sex in the morning, God knows he didn't notice that she's different, but that's a different story. Maybe he was drunk, blah, blah, blah. He comes to Lavan and said, what is this? You, you, you gave me the wrong sister. Now, it's very karmically interesting because if you think about it, Jacob just stole from his, just stole seven years ago, he stole the inheritance from his brother and he pretended to be his brother when he talked to his blind father to get the, to get the, the inheritance, to get the blessing, which is kind of interesting. He lied in relation to sibling and the same thing was happened to him in Lavan. That's what we call Lord Karma. Right, that's why seven is also associated with Saturn return and the Lord Karma. So Saturn taught him a lesson, and Lavan said, "But no worries, do you don't have to worry. You can work seven more years and get uh, Rachel." And that's what he does. And then he left; he stays there for seven more years. So when he comes back uh, to see his uh, confront his brother and everything that he's done, when he goes back home, it's after twenty-one years. So again, every seven years, not only uh, Trevor Noah in um, the Daily Show, you get that itch, that itch that ugh, I need to change something. Now, what I always recommend, if you know that you're stepping into that in your relationship, in your business, uh, with anything that you have around you, even if it's in a country you've came to, uh, immigrated to, or, or a city that you moved into, you have to, instead of freaking out what's going to happen, you decide what's going to happen. You know that it's seven years right now, and it's the season of change. So even if you have a partner, it doesn't mean that you have to open the relationship or, you know, or get a divorce. It might mean that you need to do something different, something extreme, something to shake the system so it will satisfy Saturn square to create some kind of tension that doesn't have to be a bad tension. You know, for example, a good tension. Uh, we have almost every day when we go do yoga, when we go train, we, we um, walk more than we're used to. We're doing some tension. There is some tension there that can benefit us. Same thing with the seven-year itch. So every seven years, prepare some change. Think about some change. So you're together with your partner. You always wanted to do a year with the kids in other countries, someplace else. Great. Do it after seven years of being together, after 14 years of being together. Yes, it will bring a lot of tension to the system, but at least it's tension that we can resolve. You know, the acclimation to a new place, needing to find a new job, speaking the new language. It will create a little bit of problems, but at least it's problems of growth. Okay. So every seven year, whatever you are, whatever you do, welcome that change by adding a stressful situation in order not to fall into the comfortably numb and then there's going to be fights for no reason. Um, he noted that it was seven years. Yeah. Another thing is that he's 38 when, he did, he, when he's doing that. Again, for some of you guys who are between the ages of 38 to 42, that's what's happening to you right now. You're basically going through a Saturn return to your puberty. So if you got your puberty at the age of 11 plus 28, you're 39, right? Or you're 40 and you got your puberty when you were like 12 or 13, right? Because Saturn return, we said 27 to 30. So when you got your puberty, you can look into it. When you got your cycles, when you started changing your voice and having a lot of hair grow everywhere, 28, 29, 30 years from there, you're getting a Saturn return to your puberty, a Saturn return to your rite of passage. So it's another time where you're going through a major transition in your life. So 38 to 42, a lot of people get divorced. God knows I know from all of those. Um, no, no, sorry. God knows I know. Sounds like I said I'm God. No, God knows. Point. New paragraph. I also know from doing so many readings that 
during this period, 39 to 42, so many people cheat on each other. So many people get divorced. They get, um, uh, suddenly they have this, this itch, more than itch to buy a Porsche or to try to do something uh, outrageous because they're going back to their testosterone rage if they're a man. And they're going back to that craziness of, uh, of, of uh, um, all of those neurons changes and hormone changes that are happening when we are in our teenage time. So again, that's about the age of 38, 39, 40, 41, 42. It's a feeling that we need to make something shift. That also is the age where you have Saturn opposite to Saturn, Uranus opposite to Uranus, and Neptune squaring Neptune on top of the Saturn return to your puberty. So I just wanted to use a little piece of News that is not that important that shows how these cycles work anyway. So uh, now again, I just wanted for those of you who joined later to remind you that we are doing the digital li uh, live Instagram book launch on Tuesday. And um, if you're not on Instagram, I'm going to also send it out in uh, the mail after. And yes, if you do get my book, uh, Traversing the Bridge, because 2023 is going to be a very uh, intense year, to say the least. There's going to be a bridge we have to cross over. And, you know, bridges over all, always over troubled water. So the water underneath us will be very troubled. And hopefully it's not going to be so troubled that it brings down the bridge. Let's hope. But we'll talk about that uh, in the uh, live Instagram on Tuesday. Today is Sunday, right? Yeah, Tuesday. Let's see what we have uh, for ours next week uh, before we look into questions. And this time, where is it? Animated. So what we have this week, which is important. Um, yeah, today, as you can see over the Mercury, it's stationary. S. S means stuck or sitting or... Uh, stable, you know, so that's kind of what we have right now with uh, Mercury retrograde. That means that today is kind of the worst in the Mercury retrograde. For example, I went to get coffee and I suddenly realized, oh my God, my credit card is gone. Now I brought only uh, one credit card. I have this new, it's not new, I actually have it for a year or so. It's this clip thing. You know, I really love it because I discovered something crazy. I discovered that if you put it in the pocket, right, it's magnet. If you put it in your pocket, then you can start attaching metal things to it, which is brilliant uh, because I started not having to carry things in my arms, in my hands. The only problem is that sometimes you lose things because the magnet is not that strong. But anyway, that's not even connected to what I wanted to tell. I was uh, using this uh, thing and I have only one credit card that I brought with me. And suddenly in the morning, I see that it's gone. You know, credit cards, at least for me, tend to drift away. Uh, they kind of fly away. So uh, no credit card. And I thought, oh, my God, this is my first day of my uh, two weeks, two, week, two and a half weeks. I have to use my credit all the time because that's the only credit card I, I got. And the bank usually sends it to your home, which is not now, not here. So I thought I'm kind of um, uh, effed up, if you know what I mean. And then uh, I had the realization that the last time I, I used it was in Whole Foods a day before, like at night. So I ran there in the rain. It's raining here in uh, Brooklyn. And I managed to retrieve it. That's, for me, the Mercury stationery in Virgo. But all of us have these stories now. 
Uh, today it's still going on for another 12 hours, I think. So 12 more hours. And again, when Mercury is stationary, heat is the most difficult period of the whole time. So just uh, make sure that you're watching uh, what you're doing. The other thing is moon just moved into Capricorn. So the last few, I mean, the last day, the moon was a little bit um, out of bound and, and, and void of course. So it's a little bit more tough. Uh, especially with the Mercury stationary. And now the moon is not being very happy. I mean, the moon is not happy being in Capricorn. She's in exile. So again, not the easiest energy for the next two and a half days. But tomorrow you're going to start feeling much, much easier because not only Mercury is going direct after being retrograde, but it's exalted in Nep in um, Virgo. So whenever Mercury is in Virgo, he feels much more in line. He feels much better and he can push things forward for you so that's going to be great then he's going to move in a few days into libra which is also a very good place for mercury to be so on the mercury side of thing we're going to be okay from tomorrow onward there's going to be much more movement and also even um uh, right now the moon being in capricorn uh, is it helping anybody not really it's actually squaring jupiter you have to be careful of not overdoing it's also squaring your venus causing some friction between family and and relationship between your partner and your family between your new girlfriend and your kids you know whatever uh, it's kind of uh tension today is a day of tension so if you're feeling a little bit pissy if you're feeling a little bit off uh, that is totally normal tomorrow will be far far easier the square tomorrow is going to continue so the square between your the sun and the moon is going to be uh, strong also tomorrow so there might be a feeling of lack of satisfaction uh, tomorrow morning you see and i say this uh, somebody is unsatisfied downstairs uh, with a honking i don't know if you can hear it but anyway it is a little bit of squarey energy uh, tomorrow on monday and the moon is still in capricorn which is not that happy it's not a terrible wasted day it's just a day that there is a lot of crosses there's a lot of oppositions happening so you might feel yourself stuck between two forces or two people now october 4th things are changing hence why i decided to do the uh instagram at that day the moon is moving into aquarius which is great the moon in aquarius is all about communities people groups organizations a connection to uh, information connection to uh, digital things and the moon is going to send a beautiful energy to venus beautiful energy to the sun and beautiful energy to mars so on tuesday we have basically a triangle or connection a very positive connection to air air is communication information friends people relationships and mars being in gemini the venus and um, sun being in libra moon being in aquarius saturn being in aquarius uh, vesta the keeper of the hearth the keeper of the flame is in aquarius all of those are, re are working really well for us on tuesday so they're going to be there tuesday and wednesday it's a great day for business communication networking publishing writing putting people together, meeting people you haven't seen, bumping into people. There's going to be a lot of synchronicities. Also, whenever we have a period of Mercury being so stationary for so long, whenever he's released, there is like this opening that kind of uh, thrusts us forward. Then on um, uh, October 5th, which is a Wednesday, the trine between the sun and the moon is getting stronger. Uh, the only thing is that the moon is sitting on top of Saturn. It can cause some difficulties with real estate, some difficulties with... Um, family members i know that now mercury is going direct so it's a good time actually uh, to buy property 
overall but that specific day i'm not sure it's the best only just wednesday but it also could mean some difficulty with um, family members mother figures but you can see all the blue lines there and it's definitely a good trine that has to do with mars the saturn saturn moon venus uranus and, and uh, uh, the sun uh, the only other thing is uh, to remember October 30th, October 30, to be on, to be fair, October 30, 31st, we're going to have Mars going to retrograde and is going to retrograde until middle of January. That's one of the reasons 2023 is kind of a intense year. It starts with the Mercury and Mars retrograde and it ends with Mercury retrograde. It's as if the whole year is sandwiched between retrogrades. So overall, until January 20th when we're going to be done with the mercury retrograde it's actually going to start in december 27 this year between january uh, january 25 let's be more conservative january 25 until april 20th next year there is no retrograde at all i'm going to talk about it when we talk about 2023 but that's overall a great day to plan for a year ahead of things that you want to accomplish so what we're talking about right now is that from october let's say five, to be a little bit more careful until October 30th, you have a window of almost three weeks where you can make things happen and do it as much as you can. The only problem is that October 25, we're entering into eclipse season. So it pushes things faster, even things that you might not want to be pushed faster. So the eclipses, remember, they're not good or bad. They're just like this. So it depends what is here. You know, if here is somebody you don't want to be with, that push is great. If there is something you want, that push might not be the best. So what is happening between uh, closer to October 25 is where it getting things are getting really intense. So first of all, if you want things pushed in your life, try to start doing it when Mercury goes direct in two days and give it a push. You know, it's almost like we always talk here about surfing uh, synchronicities and surfing the planets. You mean like a surfer, you need to pedal before the wave is coming. So there's a big tsunami coming the 25th until November 8th, you know, the elections in the United States is precisely the peak of that period. So you can expect a lot of stuff to happen around that time. So if you know that it's coming, you can prepare for it, actually. So it could be a good thing for you. Um, but if you want to be more kind of easygoing and not so much drama and you just want to make things happen between October 4th, 5th until October 20th, great time to push things forward to buy things to sell things to get whatever you need ready before the mars retrograde and the eclipses and then the mercury retrograde um yeah wednesday we have um vesta the goddess of the hearth stationary you know vesta is the keeper of the i call her the keeper of the pilot in the uh in the stove if you think about what vesta is vesta is you know how we have the pilot in our uh, heating uh uh, the, the water heater or in the, um, on the stove you have in order to light the fire you know you just click on it and the pilot is there already it just ignites it right in the old days we didn't have the pilot so we had to have some form of fire that is constantly there working so we can always take some of it and light the stove or light the heater uh, or light whatever you need to light right like the witch, you know, it depends where you live and when you live. But anyway, that pilot needed to be on. And that was represented by Vesta, the goddess of the hearth, the goddess that keeps the flame alive. And she's going stationary in order to retrograde. 
Uh, Aquarius is, uh, is about freedom. Remember, we just talked about the quote uh, from Iran. I hope it doesn't mean that it's going to quench or going to maybe not quench, but extinguish the flame that the women have in Iran. Maybe it will even make it more drastic. I'm just a little bit concerned because Aquarius stationary or retrograde could mean that they're retreating or that they're mistreated even worse. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to be successful, the movement. It's just that what's going to happen is that Vesta, which is very traditional already, is going to retrograde on top of Saturn, which is always representing tradition, uh, in the next few weeks. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens, especially in Iran, because I think that it very much relates to that. On Thursday, you can see Vesta is stationary even more. So that's also uh, going to be very strong. Uh, and the moon is in Aquarius. So the moon on Thursday is still in Aquarius, but it could be void, of course. So just watch it a little bit. It's most likely going to be void, of course. So Thursday, October 6th, at least in the beginning of the day, might not be the best. Later on in the day, is going to be easier when the moon moves into Pisces, the sign of intuition, mysticism, everything that has to do with dance and movement. That's much more Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So just watch a little bit uh, the end of Thursday. So not to put too many things there. But again, you can always Google your name of the place where you're staying, void of course, the date, just to make sure that it's not void of course. Then what we have on um, a Friday, this October 7th, we have the moon moving into Pisces. The moon loves to be in Pisces. It's a water sign. And she's going to be the day after in Saturday touching Neptune, which is great. The only thing is that we have a little bit of an opposition between the moon and Mercury. So there's going to be a little bit of conflict between uh, feelings and, um, uh, and your intellect. Uh, so there's a little, little more need to kind of put them together. The good news about having the sun move next week, it's not happening this week, is going to be trining your uh, training Mars, which is going to be really good for making things happen. So next week is a very practical year, week in very... Oh, wait, I was completely... Um, that's I'm much more happy. The Vesta, what I told you, was stationary to going direct. So it's actually going to be interesting to see what's happening October 7th, next weekend, in relation to the uh, demonstration in Iran, because the, the Vesta is actually going to go start going direct. So that's going to actually supposed to help them. Again, because she's going to go direct, she's going to threaten much more the conservative aspect of uh, in Iran. So it might get a little bit more intense or there might be a major crackdown uh, next weekend uh, on them. But if they survive this, this could be really meaningful. Now, Moon in Pisces is happening on October 7th, which is great. Vesta, the, 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 um, the pilot, is going forward, which is going to be much more flowing. And she's going forward in Aquarius, which again is more about revolution, power to the people, communities, groups, organizations. So what does it mean? It means that things are going to be easier with your friends, especially with your women friends or with people you work together because Vesta was connected to the Virgin and Virgo relates to work. So anything to do with your diet, health, work, service should flow much better from next Friday because Vesta was retrograding for a while. Uh, so that's going to be for us on Friday. And on Saturday, the moon is still in Pisces. And it's going to be touching um, uh, Neptune, which is a great day for dream work, for intuition. Anything to do with uh, your psychic abilities. All those things are really opening up in a very, very powerful, positive way. 
And on Sunday next year, next year, next week, the moon and Jupiter are going to come together one on top of each other. So that's going to be really, really helpful. Wait a second. Today is what? The 2nd of October. What am I talking about? Next week, forget about it. Next week is totally normal. You see what happened with Mercury stationary? I mean, I can't blame him. Anyway, it's complete nonsense. Next week, I'm Sunday. Where am I on Sunday? No, I'm actually in... Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Next week is, to- is going to be the regular time. It's going to be at uh, 1... Everything I said and got, got so confused. I get I got so confused because it's absolute nonsense. Next week is normal. The week after is going to be the one that we're going to make a change. And next week, we'll officially talk quite a lot about 2023. And we're going to... Um, definitely uh, launch the book officially with you guys. I'll send you the link and everything. But anyway, next week normal. The week after is going to be different. Sorry, it's Mercury retrograde. I can always blame him. And it's raining. I haven't seen rain for so long. Um, so uh, any questions about what we talked or comments? Uh, how your, was your Mercury retrograde? Um Oh, thank you. Anne-Marie got the book. Thank you. And if you can, again, write a review, that will really be helpful. Um, Not for my ego so much, um, much more for other people to be able to access the book. Yes, there are very, there is a lot of planets retrograde. uh, But again, don't always, don't forget that retrogrades are times that you can really tap into past lives. So yeah, this current life, sucks when mercury is retrograde but whenever you have mercury retrograde it's like uh, through the looking glass you can actually go into different zones you know anything to do with extra perception out-of-body experiences intuition healing abilities are much much more strong when there's a lot of planets retrograde whatever planets is retrograde even in your own chart represent a way that you can tap into past lifetime for example i have jupiter retrograde it sounds terrible well Maybe, but it allows me to access what is Jupiter. Jupiter is traveling. Jupiter is teaching. Jupiter is um, learning, right? It allows me to access information that I probably collected in past lifetimes. So if I was a philosopher or a teacher or a bard or a traveler in a past life, I can access that easier compared to if I had Jupiter go direct. Oh, I may, maybe I would have more money and more prosperity and maybe I'll have more fame. Because my Jupiter is going direct in Leo, so I'm going to be a performer. Maybe I would have been an, a, you know, an, an actor, whatever. Because it's retrograde, it's t- tougher to get into contact with those aspects of Jupiter. But it's getting much more connected to whatever that archetype was for you in past lives. So if you have Mercury retrograde in your chart, you might have been a writer. You might have been a communicator. You might have been a speaker. You might have been a, a, a trader. You might have been a, a person that uh, is like a hub, a connector for people. And that's why you can access that whenever you, uh, whenever, if you have Mercury retrograde. If you have Saturn retrograde, well, you might have been very serious and very responsible in a past lifetime. And in this lifetime, you still have it, etc. I'd really interested to have a workshop on gathering to prepare for understand the bridge that must be in 2023. Yeah, so we're going to have, if you are in New York, uh, we're going to have it next this week. And I'm going to do a lot of workshops on the, um, uh, the astrology of 2023. So don't worry. I think I'm going to start doing them much more in November or December. We're trying to uh, figure that out. 
You refer to Mercury as he, though Mercury and Uranus are... No, the way I look at it is that Mercury is a guy. Uh, he is the ruler of Gemini, which is definitely an androgynous sign. And he's the ruler of Virgo, which is a feminine sign. But it's the same thing that we have Venus being a feminine, uh, and I always say Venus as she, even though she's the ruler of Libra, which is a masculine sign. So in the book, I refer to the moon as she, Venus as she. I refer to um, uh, Minerva, of course, as she, to Vesta as, uh, as she, uh, or feminine, and to Mercury, Mars, uh, Sun, and Saturn as he. Um, any other questions or let's see, go back in the back there. Brooklyn. Yeah, just there visiting family. I like Brooklyn a lot. I think um, I like West Village and Brooklyn. I think that Brooklyn feels to me very much like the West Village maybe felt before or after. Yeah, we're going to definitely have a book signing in L.A. I'm uh, working on that. If anybody knows anybody from BookSoup, that would be great. I sent them an email. Um, it's always good to have a personal connection. So BookSoup, uh, BookSoups or BookSoup in, um, I think it's in West, I think it's in West um, Hollywood. Yeah, it's in West Hollywood. So I'm thinking about doing it there, but we'll see. But again, from tomorrow, things are getting better. See, my eye is a little bit um, messed up. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm looking at it to see. But um, something got into it. I'm definitely experiencing the Mercury retrograde. But anyway, have an amazing um, a week. And yeah, if you know any other bookstore that you recommend, uh, definitely send me an email. Um, books, bookstore on Abadkini. Yeah, if anybody knows any suggestions, send me an email. I'm sending everything anyway. As an email, you can just reply. And uh, maybe I'll organize some book signings there as well. So, thank you very much for um, uh, being with me. Uh, and my uh, tearing eye so sad what's going on. Um, your allergies are acting out. No, no, I don't think I have allergies. It's um, a, something I've been having in the eye for a while. I think I got it in um, L.A. and I brought it with me. And just in the morning it sometimes um, does that or afternoon. Anyway, have an amazing time, uh, amazing week. Um, if you're fasting for Yom Kippur... Uh, I can't tell you have it easy because the whole thing is about having it be difficult so you can atone, you know. So it's kind of stupid to say have an easy fast. But for those of us who have been practicing intermittent fasting, it's going to be kind of like another day. So if you are atoning, I hope that everybody forgives you. I forgive you. Not that you ask forgiveness, but I still do forgive you. And I ask forgiveness for everybody. If I upset uh, them, most of the people I upset are not here anymore because they got so upset they left. So I'm sending out there the general, you know, sorriness to everybody that are still here somehow or those that left and I will never see again. I'm sorry. I really am. And I hope you forgive me. And I will see you next week in the normal time. Sorry for all the intro that you can just erase. And uh, the week after is the time we're going to make a change. And I'm going to change it in Zoom because I was um, so eager to make a change that I change it. So again, 
have an amazing week. Uh, talk to you next week, inshallah. And have an amazing um, Yom Kippur. Meaningful.